Hey guys, thanks for joining the Radiate Church podcast today. I'm Brandon, the lead pastor here at Radiate, and I'm honored that you jumped in to hear this message. I hope that it challenges you, inspires you, and leads you to the life God intends. Enjoy the message. Amen. Hey, high five somebody else and tell them, he changes it all. Come on. He changes it all as you're being seated today. As you can tell, we like connection around here. And so we like to have people talk to each other around here. Good morning yet again, and uh, well, welcome to Thanksgiving week. I know some of you are caught by surprise because you have totally skipped over Thanksgiving in favor of Christmas. <laughs> Trees have gone up. Lights have been strung. Holly has been hung. Calm down. We have the greatest holiday of all coming up, okay? Anybody with me that Thanksgiving is the greatest holiday? How many of you think Christmas? Anybody? You're only doing that because you're in church and that's Jesus' birthday. I got you figured out. No, I love Thanksgiving. It is my personal favorite um, because I love food. And it is the holiday of food. And uh, so I love that. So uh, as you're getting started, uh, you can turn in or on your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 today. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, that's okay. It's going to come up on the screen at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 today. So we've been in this series, we talked about it a little bit earlier, uh, called November to Remember. And we want this November to be the one that we remember for the rest of our lives. And I know that there's seven people that have given their hearts to Jesus already at Radiate Church in the month of November. Come on, somebody. Yeah, come on. That's what I'm talking about. What's celebrated is repeated. And so um, we, we know that they're going to remember it for the rest of their lives. And, uh, but we've been talking a lot about finances in this series. Because here's why. Because we wanted to, the first week we wanted to debunk some myths about finances and, and finances in church and finances in general. Last week we talked about order and how much getting order, things in order financially and spiritually within us makes a difference uh, as we live for Jesus. And today I want to talk to you about this. An attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude, okay? Now, I know growing up, we've done baby dedication, so we're talking parenting a little bit today. We're talking finances. We're talking about spiritual dip disciplines today. But the truth of the matter is, is like growing up, we want to teach our kids how to be thankful, right? Like all of them. Like growing up for me, okay, my parents are in the room today, so I'm going to have a little Sunday morning therapy with you today. Is that okay? Just remember, I have the mic, so they can't say anything. But growing up, my, my parents, well, I was always to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, sir, no, ma'am, right? That's just manners in the South, right? We're good with that. And thank you for everything. It didn't matter if I was really thankful for it or not. Like, they could have gave me a Brussels sprout that I didn't care anything about. But my mom had this, this look about her, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Every parent, every good parent has a look. You know what I'm saying? I got a look that if I look at my kids, then they straighten up immediately. It's, it's over. It's done. I got a snap, too. I got friends that say I had the loudest snap they've ever heard in their life, and I'm like, that's my parenting cue right there, you know? <laughs> but my mom had this look, so if I didn't say thank you, she just, she wouldn't, she, she, it was amazing. Because she'd look at me out of the corner of her eye, and she'd squint her eyes just enough to where I knew she was squinting her eyes, but nobody else could tell that she was about to embarrass me in front of everybody. And so she'd give me that look, she'd look at me, and she'd squint just a little bit, and I would immediately go, oh, I didn't say thank you. Thank you! Because I had to say it whether I felt it or not, right? 
And so we had to learn to be thankful. And many of you do the same thing with your kids as well. You should to teach them those words because those are two words that are not often remembered by kids a lot of times. But then there's the, also this, this thought that, 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 that gratitude is from the heart. And so um, my mom, it was a joke in our house for a long time, still is if I'm going to be completely honest, that every single meal, whether it was breakfast, lunch, or dinner, would have green beans with it. We had green beans at everything. You want a snack? No fruit rule up. Here's a can of green beans. Right? Green beans for everything in life. It just it fixed it all. You don't feel good today? Eat a green bean. It'll make you feel better. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was one of those situations. When I grew up and I was old enough to go to college, and I went to college in Georgia, and then I moved away from, uh, after college I graduated, and I went into ministry, and I moved away, and I wasn't there. And then when I did move back home, I had so many green beans, I only stayed there a few months, and then I moved in with my brother because he didn't make me eat green beans. I wouldn't eat green beans a lot because I, I was tired of green beans. And to this day, we eat green beans about twice a year in my house because it brings back memories that I don't want to remember. <laughs> and so uh, I wouldn't eat the green beans sometimes, right? And, and my mom, you know, you want your kids to eat everything on the plate, right? Eat the green beans, eat the Brussels sprouts, eat whatever it is on the plate. Eat it, eat it, eat it. And my mom would be like, eat the green beans. And I'm like, I don't want to eat the green beans. And my dad... He's a God-loving, great, miraculous man because he dealt with me for so long in his life. And, 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 and he, he was such an impact. And so I would, I would not eat the green beans. And here's what he'd say. He said, they're starving. This was his go-to. His go-to is the same go-to you have today. We learned it from their generation. It's passed down generation to generation to generation. It's this. There are starving kids around this world that would love to have those green beans. Right? He would go to that. I thought I'd get smart one time. And here was my response. Well, then tell me where they live and I'll ship them to them or they can come and get them. <laughs> Y'all, I learned my dad's look that day. I've never eaten green beans so fast in my life. And my mom would often say this. My dad would too, and I'm, I'm, I'm having some fun this morning, but they would often say this. You need to be grateful that you even have food on the plate. And as a kid, can I just be real? I wasn't grateful in the moment because I didn't want to eat more green beans or whatever it was in the moment. You know, mashed potatoes or whatever it was. I don't know how weird I was as a kid. I don't know what I did and didn't eat, but the truth of the matter is it never made sense to me that kids didn't have food on their plate, but the truth of the matter is that some of them didn't, didn't and some still don't. And I'm grateful that we're a part of a church that is generous enough that we can go out and provide meals for families that can't put meals on the table. We can give them a turkey and sides, and we can give them tea, and we ain't giving them the, 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 the Sam's brand rolls. We're going King's Hawaiian, you know what I'm saying? Come on, no, that's next to Jesus right there. And so my mom was trying to teach me something, and my dad was trying to teach me something. It was this. I don't care if you like it. And, and they would also say this. I didn't ask you if you wanted it. I told you to eat it. Okay. But here's what they were trying to teach me, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but here's what they would teach me. They tried to teach me that thankfulness is not a word we say, but a heart we have. 
It's a, it's a heart of gratitude. It's an attitude of gratitude. And as I was preparing for Thanksgiving, and I was preparing for all these things coming up, and I knew what series we were in, and, and here's what I ran into in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And in verses 12 through really the rest of the, 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 the chapter of, of 5 and the rest of the book of 1 Thessalonians, you, you see, and my, my Bible has little uh, uh, headlines before certain sections of the Bible, and it says this, Christian conduct. And so if you read those scriptures, what it's telling you is how to live a life that pleases God. That draws you and other people closer to Jesus. And so it, it teaches us things like this in, in 12 through 15, uh, 17. It teaches us things like the importance of honoring authority. It teaches us that honor is a biblical and a, and a Jesus command. That the more we love Jesus, the more we honor others and the gift that's in them. It doesn't mean we go bribe them. It just means we appreciate what God has put in them. And so we show them that. You know what I'm saying? And so it teaches us about honor. It teaches us about living at peace with others even when others aren't at peace with us. Doing what we can do to, to ease the culture and the tension in today's society and in our relationships and in our families and things like that. You know what I'm saying? It teaches us things like that. It teaches us things like not getting even with others but loving them no matter what. And then, it, and then you get to verse 16 through 18 and it says this. I want you to grasp this today and carry this with you because it is a revolutionary thought. As Paul is writing to the, his first letter to the church in Thessalonica, it says this. It says, rejoice. Always. Somebody say always. always. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. He says this. He says always rejoice, no matter what. Always rejoice. Always be joyful. Always be loving. Always be caring. Always be honoring. Always be happy. Always be those things, because you never know when it's your last moment to be that. Rejoice always. And then he says, pray without ceasing. In other words, here's what Paul is telling the church. He's saying, if you want to give your lives to Jesus and you've directed your life to Jesus, you submitted it to the cross, you're giving him everything you have. Here's the truth of the matter. I need you to pray without ever stopping. Every thought that comes across your mind, everything that you do needs to be a prayer unto God at the throne of God, asking God to inhabit that moment. Not praying for your will to always be done, but for God's will to be done through you. You know what I'm saying? Always pray. Don't ever stop praying. Always pray because prayer is a conversation, not a monologue. And so it's a conversation that we get to have with Jesus. It's not a monologue of us just going, hey, God, here's what I'd like to have. But it's a conversation where sometimes in conversation, we need to stop talking to be heard and start listening to, be, to understand. We need to start listening to understand what the other person's saying to us. Many times we listen to try to be heard because we're going, what do I need to say next to make them feel like I know more than I do? I know that ain't just me. Don't look at me like that. But I need to listen to understand that's prayer and that's conversation. And he says that in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. In other words, no matter what's happening in your life, have an attitude of gratitude. Always have a heart of gratitude no matter what's going on in your life. Because here's what I, I know, and, and as I've prayed through this and thought through this, I, I, I know this, and here's the truth of the matter. Entitlement kills gratitude. If we're never grateful for anything, we'll always be entitled to everything. I, I, I deserve this. I, I want this. I worked hard for this. I did this, and I did that. Entitlement, look at it right there. Entitlement kills Gratitude. The more that I'm entitled to something, the less thankful I am for it. Because God, don't you know? Yeah, you gave me a raise, God, at my job. And yeah, I thank you for that. But I worked my tail off for 15 years at this job to get that. In other words, here's the deal. We're looking at God and going, you're not the source. 
I'm the source. My hard work, my sacrifice, everything that I've done is the source of anything good that comes in my life. The Bible says any, every good thing comes from the Father. I'm sorry, moms. Just wait it. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Some of you are like, did he just say that? Just kidding. Every good thing. Hey, I need to be careful when I walk out in the lobby after service. Every good thing comes from the Father. It's not, I'm not entitled to anything. You know the only thing that I deserve and I'm entitled to in life is hell. That's all I deserve in this life because I'm not righteous enough. I'm not redeemed enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not holy enough to ever enter the realm of the heavenlies where Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and I got to enter into his presence and the angels are up there. If you read Revelation and they're always singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the truth of the matter is I get to enter into the chorus of worship, not with radiate worship, with the lights and all that. That's great. But I get to enter into the chorus and the worship team of the angels as they sit around the throne I'm not entitled to that I don't deserve that the only thing I deserve in this life is hell I don't deserve anything else but through the cross of Jesus and through the sacrifice when he hung on the cross and he bled and he sweated and the spear pierced his side and the crown of thorns was pushed down his head. As I was reading the story this week, they took a rod and they began beating the crown against his head to get the thorns to go deeper into his skull and through his flesh. And as he did that, the Bible tells me that he hung on the cross as me. He took me and he said, I am Jesus or I am Brandon. And I am, insert your name, and I take all of the sin that they will ever encounter, all of the sin that they will ever have, and I hang it on the cross and bleed it down this cross so that they can now be redeemed. I don't deserve that. I don't live a life good enough for that. I may be the pastor of this church, but I'm not entitled to be the pastor of this church because the truth of the matter is this is his church. I'm the interim pastor. He can take me out of this world and somebody else has got to lead it at some point. But I'm not entitled to be the leader of this church forever. At some point, somebody else will have to when I'm 99 years old. And my hair is whiter than this. Some of you are like, when's he going to say something about his hair? <laughs> Does he know that he did that? I'm 35. I can do what I want. <laughs> uh, somebody walked up to me earlier, and they were like, what made you do that? And here was my response. You've known me this long, and it's taken you this long. Like, you're still surprised at random stuff that I do? That's your fault, not mine. <laughs> No matter what, in everything, give thanks. And here's what that means to me in everything. It means in the good times. In the good times. Oftentimes, we can think that it's easy to feel grateful in the good times. But can I tell you, it's easy to feel grateful, but sometimes it's hard to show gratitude in the good times. God, I'm, I'm grateful for, for this, and God, I'm grateful for that. But I, I want to challenge you and ask you this question. Do you feel it? And do you show it when you feel it? I know as a man, uh, and maybe this is just me, but for me as a man, sometimes my pride rises up and I'm like, that just makes me feel too vulnerable. I'm not showing gratitude for my, that relationship or with that person. I'm not hugging them. I'm not telling them I love them. That's just awkward. 
But if I don't show people or things gratitude, then am I really letting them know how much they mean to me? How many relationships am I in with people that don't know how much they mean to me? Because I feel it, but they don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know what you're feeling. We've got to learn to show it. In the good times, we have to be grateful. We have to show gratitude. Gratitude is a heart posture. It goes back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10 says this. I, I love this scripture and, and how it really fits in and, and teaches us something. It says, by the grace of God, I am not, I am what I am. In other words, I am redeemed. I am loved. I am forgiven. I am, I am this and I am called. I am purposed. I am all these things. I am restored. I am loving. I am, I am all these things all because by the grace of God, he looks into my mess, he looks into my muck, he looks into my life, and he says, I don't care about who you were, I care about who you're becoming, and it is my grace that now fills the gap of your shortcoming to now look at people and go, you are called, you are redeemed, you are restored. Some of you are sitting in the house today, and you feel like you are defeated, and you are done, and you are washed up, and you are this, and you are that, and you are good for nothing, and you are terrible, and all these things. But I'm here to tell you, but by the grace of God, you are redeemed. By the grace of God, you are forgiven. By the grace of God, you are loved. No matter what you're going through, and it's only by the grace of God that we can ever encounter that true love. He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me did not prove vain. I love that because what is something in vain for? When it's done, but the reward for which it was done for never comes through. Never comes through. Wouldn't it be a shame if at the end of our life, Jesus has sacrificed his and given everything. And at the end of our life, we never walked into the relationship of it because we felt like, well, all I had to do was go to church and do some good things. It would prove vain if I didn't go, Jesus, I submit everything I have to you because you died and you love me and you have mercy and grace and love and forgiveness for me. And I walk into that because I, you love me and because you first love me, I love you and I give you everything I've got. God, I don't want this to be in vain. I, I want to live my life so that my kids look up to me and not just me as a friend. Can I tell you something, parents? If you're sitting in here today and grandparents, listen to me. Kids don't need more friends. They need parents. They need authority. They need somebody to step up and look at them and go, quit. You will not talk like that in this house. And you will not treat people that way because of the way they look. Because they dyed their hair and their skin color is different. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is, you won't do that. Kids don't need friends. I bet you if you go and talk to people, first responders, and you go to talk to teachers in this room, they look at you and tell you this. They look at me and tell me this. These kids don't need more friends. They got plenty. They need somebody to lead them in the right direction. Don't let it be in vain. Let me submit everything I have to him. And then it says this, but I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God within me. He says this, look, I've worked so hard. And here's the thing about Paul as he's writing in 1 Corinthians there to the church of Corinth. He's planting all these churches, but Paul has been through far worse torment and torture than we could ever imagine. 
He's been locked in prisons. He's been beaten. He's been flogged. He's had skin ripped from him. It's been a terrible ordeal. And in the moment, he is just sitting there and he says, I work so hard for what God's called me to do. I work hard to plant churches in Corinth, in Ephesus, in Thessalonica, in Rome, in all these places. I work hard to train up leaders so that I'm not the only one leading these churches. I work hard to share the gospel of Jesus. But even though I work as hard as I've ever worked and I work harder than I've ever thought I could, it's not I, but it's Christ with in me in other words in the good times I'm grateful because it's his grace but in everything also means in the bad times and we're wrapping up here in the good times and in the bad times James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 says this consider it all joy my brothers when you encounter various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. In other words, James is saying this. When you go through hard times and trials and tribulations and it's difficult and it's hard and it makes no sense and you can't make sense of it and it's painful and it hurts, you need to be thankful because God is preparing something in you today that is going to benefit you tomorrow. I'm teaching you how to endure through the pain and the hardship so that you don't take for granted the blessing that's going to come your way. I know in my life, when I go through things in my life, I learn this. I'll, I'll look back often in those moments and go, I'm so glad I went through that five years ago because it taught me how to enjoy this today. It hurts, and it's painful, and it's difficult, and it's hard. It's hard in that moment to go, oh, I'm so grateful that I can't pay the bills today. Right? I'm so grateful that my son got arrested. I'm so grateful that my kid does this. I'm so grateful. Because in the moment, we feel like the moment is busting and breaking us. But I'm returned back to a story in the New Testament where Jesus walks to the Sea of Galilee and he's talking to the disciples. And he tells the disciples they're not catching anything on one side of the boat. And he turns to them and he looks and he says this. He says, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And as they pull up the, the net, it's busting with a, or, or, or it's expanding with fish. And it says in the Bible, in the New Testament, it says that the nets were expanding, but it was not busting. In other words, it was reaching its max capacity where it felt like there was one more thread before it broke. And there were so many things being put, loaded into that one small net. That one more fish may have busted it. But it was expanding so that it could hold more. But it was not busting. Can I tell you something today? Whatever difficulty you may go through, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it will be. I know that it is coming. But I'm here to tell you something. That if we allow Jesus to make us better and not bitter, and we allow him to expand us, he will not allow us to bust as long as we're in the covenant of him. It's an attitude of gratitude. We don't have to bust. We can get better with Him. Because in those moments, isn't it those moments where we cry out to God the hardest? I don't know what to do. And sometimes when I get to that place, I think God is sitting in heaven on His throne and He looks down at me and goes, I've been waiting on you to say those words. What if we set them in the good times and in the bad times because we said, I'm not entitled to anything, God. I need to know what you want from this. I need to know what you want from this. And then 18, the last part, says to give thanks. A true heart of gratitude has a hard time staying silent. If I'm really grateful for something, it's hard for me not to show it. 
when I'm most grateful, like there's times I'll be in my truck, right? I got an 06 Toyota Tundra. I just got it back out of the shop. And I'm, yeah. And I, I'm thankful for my truck. And you know, in those times when I'm most thankful, I go outside and I grab a bucket and soap and I start washing my truck. Seriously. I'll clean the inside, I'll vacuum it out. It might be six months before I do it again, but I do it in that moment. Because I'm, I'm grateful, I want to take care of what I'm grateful for. And the truth of the matter is, there may be some people that maybe you lay next to in bed at night that don't even know how much you're grateful for them. There may be some people that will sit around the table this Thanksgiving in just a few days and you are dreading seeing their face because for some reason they love to pick on the fact that you do random things like dye your hair <laughs> listen but you, maybe this holiday season is hard for you because there's parents, grandparents, kids maybe that have passed away or you have an estranged relationship with, it and, with them and in the holidays, it just escalates and elevates that pain. But can I tell you something? If we'll make a habit, then in everything, we don't feel thanks. We give thanks. We give it to God, and we give it to others. Or in other words, I love God, and I love others. So I want to challenge you to do something real quick because we're about to pray and we're going to end on a high note and be excited and get ready for friend day next week. And as you bring at least one friend with you to hear the goodness of Jesus. But here's the deal. I want you to do this this week. And you can do it right now if you want to on the back of an envelope or a card that's around you. Write down the name of three people that you need to find a way to show gratitude to this week. Maybe it's your wife and you've taken her for granted and she feels like you have. Maybe you don't feel like you have, but she feels like you have. Maybe you just need to stop by Food Lion and go buy a $9.99 flower bouquet and show back home and go, you know what? I'm grateful for you. Maybe it's your child that has really just been testing that last nerve. You're expanding all right. And you need to take them somewhere to a dessert shop and just go get your favorite cupcake because I love you. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's somebody that's in the room with you today. Maybe it's somebody you're going home with today. Maybe it's somebody you'll see around the table at Thanksgiving. I don't know. Who are those three people that I need to give gratitude to them? Because here's what I'll tell you, and I'm ending on this. God is always attracted to gratitude more than entitlement. In fact, if you read the scriptures, you'll see where people that are entitled will always get knocked down about 10 notches at a time. Go look at, go read the Old Testament, the kings that were entitled to their throne. God would undercut them in a heartbeat. New Testament, same thing. Pharisees and Sadducees. The, 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 the top priests. I got this figured out. It's more about rules and regulations. No, it's not. Jesus came along, knocked them down and said, it's about relationship. I want relationship. Because if you follow rules, it doesn't do anything about an obligation. Relationship shows love. Who are those three people? So if you would, just every eye closed, every head bowed for just a moment. I want to pray over you. We're going to sing about two minutes, and then we're getting out of here. Because I just wanted to end on a high note. I wanted to end in worship today and get us all focused back in the right direction of giving gratitude. And so here's what I want to ask first. If you're in the room today and you've never given your heart to Jesus, 
We got people that are getting ready for you to meet you and greet you out in the lobby and connect with you out there. I just want to ask you this. If you've never given your heart to Jesus and today you're saying, this is the day I need to do that to make this in November to remember, I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus Christ. Maybe it's a reconnection, a recommitment to say, this is symbolic of me giving my life back to Jesus and I'm not the same. I need a new life and I want him to walk with me. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up in the air right where you are, just right where you are. We just love to pray with you. We're not going to call you to the front and embarrass you. Just right where you are. Amen. There's one hand. Anybody else? Every eye closed. Anybody else? Amen. Let's say this together. Dear Jesus, I love you. Thank you for your sacrifice for my life. I give you everything I have. I give you everything I will ever be. Thank you for forgiving me and welcoming me into the family of God. It's a new life today, and I thank you for that. Come on, church, put your hands together for one person that made this in November to remember. Will you stand? Will you stand? Father, we honor you. We worship you. We give you everything. Let us walk out of here with an attitude of gratitude to show it, to feel it, to love you. You are our source. Amen. Let's go. so glad you joined us today at the Radiate Church Podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry in any way, let us know. Send us an email at youmatter at radiatechurch.net to share how God is working in your life. Join us in reaching others by investing today at radiatechurch.net slash give. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive weekly messages delivered right to your phone. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.